Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you would move by your power, that you move by your anointing. Sweet Holy Spirit, come into this place. Oh, God, I ask you right now, God, that you would come in and do what needs to be done. Oh, God, that you would come in and do it now, that you would touch your mind, that you would touch your body, oh, God. Oh, God, I ask you right now, God, that you would hide me behind the cross and give your access and ability to minister in the third heaven that I may rightly divide the word of truth. Oh, God, I ask you right now, God, that you would come in and do it now, that you would touch now, that you would come in and have your way like never before, oh, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you would tilt at the foul grounds and touch the hearts and the minds of people, that they can understand the power of God, that they can understand, God, what you're doing in this hour, oh God. Oh God, I ask you right now that they would see, God, the true and living God. God, that they would see and understand that the true manifestation of the power of God is being able to call down fire, to call down the manifestation and the power and the glory of God in this hour. It is not in the eloquence of sweet. It is not in the eloquence of the singing, oh God. It's been able to call down you and your deity, to call down you and your persona and all that you're going to do in this hour. And that the greatest revival is here now. It's here to stay, oh God. And God, I pray now that the people of God will seek after truth. They will seek and long and desire God to be in oneness with you. That they will be sold out. That they can see the revival is here and now for those that want to taste and see that the Lord is good. If I was going to pick a topic today, it would be I was once lost but now I am found. Jesus has never been lost. We have. A lot of times we don't understand that God is doing what he needs to do in this hour. We don't understand that God and his deity, his pre-incarnated or in his incarnated state, we just see him as a man on words and paper. The Bible says the letter killeth, but the spirit bring forth life. The day's church don't understand that he got up from the dead and that he's moving by his power. He's not in his in a pre-incarnated state or his deity state. He's moving by his spirit and men don't understand that God is doing a new thing in the earth. You need to understand something. God and the deity or who he is, who the existence and the glory and the power of God and who he is, the nature, the characteristics, the spirit being in power. We don't understand the deity of Christ. We don't understand all of these things. But yet we don't understand what God is doing in this hour. He got up from the grave before he even came down and manifested himself in flesh. He was just a deity existing out there in the third heaven. You need to understand what God is saying and what God is doing. You need to understand something. You got the three heavens. You got the first heaven, you got the second heaven, and you got the third heaven. The Bible talks about the first and the second heaven, and you know about the third heaven, where he came down in his incarnated state, that God manifested himself in the pre-existence of who he really is. And now you don't understand that God is moving by a spirit. You need to understand what God is saying and what God is doing. We don't understand John 1 and 1. We don't understand about the pre-existence of Christ. We don't understand how God is doing.
doing and, and what he's going to manifest in this hour. And it's going to be through our only select few of people are just going to come into this realm of the spiritual realm where God is going to move and where God is going to speak and how God is really going to just step out and do what needs to be done. And you don't understand that we as a church need to position ourselves and truly be born again, truly be baptized by the Spirit. Some of us are baptized by something. Some of us have stepped away from something. But you need to be baptized by the Holy Ghost. He needs to take you over. You need to submit your will to the one and true and living God. You don't understand that God is going to move in another realm because of the times in which we're living in. And man has not prepared themselves. Man is just existing. Man is just going out there doing whatever it is his spirit wills to do. But that doesn't mean that God is going to dwell with that man. Just because you have been saved. Just because you accepted him as your Lord and Savior. But now is the time that the, that the anointing, that the temple of God manifests in a true nature and a true spirit. What God is requiring now is different. He's requiring holiness. He's requiring you to step outside of your idols. He's requiring you to smash down every evil altar in your life. He's requiring you to break the back of the enemy. He's requiring you that you can take more of his spirit that he can use you in this last hour and that the power of the manifested Savior can just step outside of you. But he's requiring a, a clean temple. And a clean temple is in your mind as well as in your spirit and your body. And you got to work out your own soul salvation with fear and with trembling. And the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And we think we could just do and come in any kind of way and step in and out of God any kind of way. Your fear has left you. And Babylon has possessed you. And you brought in those wicked idols in your spirit, in your house, and in your temple. In this hour, you would not be able to house two gods. One must fall. And if it does not fall, it's going to destroy your body. Because God cannot dwell in an unclean temple. He would leave before he stays. And the church doesn't recognize who God is. We don't recognize the incarnated state of Jesus Christ when he manifested himself in the third heaven in the body form. We don't understand any of these things. And now we're moving in the realm of God that should not be. John 1. In the beginning 
was the word, and the word was God. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in his deity state. divine status, quality, or nature. He was just spirit. A supreme being. He didn't have to leave heaven. He spoke Genesis into existence. And he wrote it in the hearts and the minds of man, the scriptures. They were moved and inspired by God. Verse 3, John 1 and 3. All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. We're talking about the pre-existence of Christ. You need to understand. He don't have to do anything. He sits there and just speaks whatever he wants to manifest. But we still try to work it out. On the seventh day, he ceased from works. But man continues to work because of the fall in the garden. But God is going to bring us back into that Genesis state before the fall. They didn't have to till any grounds or anything. They were just existing in peace, in paradise. But some of you are trying to have paradise in Babylon, which was always wicked and full of idolatry. The Jews built up Egypt, they didn't have the knowledge. God's chosen people always have the knowledge. It's just that Babylon taps into the knowledge of God through us. But we don't understand about your lost nature, about all of these things that God is trying to do and get us into a place that he can dwell fully within us. There's something in the Bible, I mean, in school, they used to call something called lost and found. If you lost something, then you would have to go to this special department and find it. And it was based on an honesty system. But now people just take it and they're not even going to report it because of the nature and the hour that we're in. 
going to lost and found. It may be a few, but there's no department for it anymore. There's no need for it because man is so wicked in this hour. They're still lost, but yet they still got that sinful nature within them that they're not going to do the right thing unless the power of God comes in and change our members. Paul talks about the war within the members. That thorn in the flesh that buffeted him. You need to be in a state that you fight for your salvation. What is the fight? It is not with your neighbor, but it's with the subconscious and the conscious state of your wicked mind. And you don't want to deal with that because you read the scriptures. You think you have eternal life. But your conscious state is at work. And then it goes down to your subconscious state, which is the lower part. Then it manifests in your heart. People ponder evil, but when evil has been there and it's gotten into you and broken down your conscious state and it goes down into your subconscious state, that's why people are able to move in a spirit of deception and lies and conniving. Before they even lie to you, they have already lied to themselves. They have been deceived. A lot of you sitting around crying and whining. You don't understand the spiritual realm. You don't understand about how man is still lost. But you think because they say Jesus, you think because they say in the choir and they do all of this, that they're in a perfect place in God. They're not. You need to understand something. In this hour, you better learn how to read behind the singing, behind the words, behind the acts in which they do. And man is still lost. Matter of fact, they, this is the great falling away. And now Satan has tricked them because they can get on that phone and read a couple of scriptures or let somebody text them whatever they want to say on Facebook and Twitter and you take it as that's the word of God. But yet you never see the source. You never check it out. Man is going to be terribly deceived within this hour. And everything that they need is in the scriptures. But they're relying on other people to minister to them instead of them getting on their face and prayer fasting and reading the word of God. They don't want to do that because they're lazy, they're complacent they don't want to have to work out their own soul salvation, so they leave it to somebody else to do that's going to cause them to shipwreck and to miss the Savior and they're going to say, well I paid my tithes and offering I did this and I did that he said, depart you're separated from me and that's what Satan does he doesn't devastate you in the beginning he devastates you at the end. When the light comes on, when the bombshell is dropped, and then all of a sudden, your eyes become open and it's too late. A lot of us are deceived because we want to be deceived. A lot of us are stuck in this state of delusion. It's because we want to be. You cannot say it's the devil. It is you. 
you are your worst enemy. You're the one that's holding you back from the blessing. You're the one that's holding you back from the next move of God in your life. You're the one that's holding yourself back because you failed to change. You only take the scriptures, pick and choose. But the Bible says you need to eat the whole book. You don't understand something. You're lost and you don't even realize it. And you're looking for somebody to report what they stole from you and to leave it there where you can claim it. You need to understand something. The devil is not about giving you receipts. He's going to take it. He's going to kill, steal, and destroy. He's going to put it in a way that you will never ever be able to find it. And you want to know why you still lost 20 and 30 years? Because you ain't on the devil to give you back what he stole from you. But you need to take it back. You need to declare it by Jesus Christ. You need to know that no weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against thee in judgment shall be condemned. But if you don't have the power to change the atmosphere, if you don't have the power for the word of God to move every false idol out of your life, you would never be able to move into the supernatural realm of Jesus Christ. So your subconscious is always searching. And it's putting wickedness in you. But your conscious state it's in a place of halt between two decisions. It's called your subconscious because it's below. And then it infiltrates through your heart. That's why you are always halt between two opinions. Should I do evil? Should I not do evil? Should I do evil? And whatever it is that overtakes you at that moment drops down into your subconscious. Sub means below. And then it goes down into your heart. Satan just don't enter in. He sits there and just nudge you, nudge you, nudge you. He just niddles at you all the time. Instead of you rising up with the power and the presence of God in your life. Because when you call him, he shall answer. You need to understand hope maketh not a shame. Some of you are in shame because you don't want to rise up in hope. You don't want to rise up into your most holy faith and declare that the works of the Lord shall be manifested in your life. Some of you are hope between two opinions. Some of you are stuck in the fork of the road. You're in a state of limitation. Why are you in a state of limitation? Because you're still at the subconscious state and the conscious state of your mind that you still hope between two opinions. You want to know why God cannot use you in this hour. You want to know why God is not going to manifest his power. I don't care what the prophets did. The prophets can prophesy to you but yet you have a choice and a will to do his will. Prophecy. What is that? It's telling you what God is saying. But it takes an obedient spirit to turn and position yourself to do his will and forsake those things. But I cannot look this away and go back here and do this. I'm always tittle-toiling. 
God cannot use you because you cannot be trusted because you have allowed your conscious state to go down into the subconscious state of your mind and everything that is in that subconscious state, it is playing out in your heart. You want to know why you're struggling. You want to know why you can't be set free. You want, do you know why? It's because you don't want to believe God. You don't want to have faith as a mustard seed that you can speak to the mountain and the mountain becomes a plain. You thinking that the word, me preaching to you is going to make you submit. You think me preaching is going to give you a place that you can just go in and do what God say do. God brought the word. Now it's just going to manifest in my life. You got to contend for the faith. But nobody wants to contend for the faith. And we're just laying dormant. We're looking for everybody else to be that claim check. Even the airlines lose your luggage. It's now time to come from out of the plains and get into the lower place of your life that you deal with those gutter things that you think that God is going to polish up. In my Bible, God always destroys or tear down every evil altar, every shrine, household idol, the works of the flesh. He's giving you power to overcome, but you don't want to overcome anything. You just live with it. And you have lived with it so long that it becomes who you really are. And all of a sudden now you don't know when you start hearing truth. You can register or understand it because you have been living in a lie. And you're not in a place of stability that God can tear down those layers in your life. So you can start seeing the truth. And as God is tearing down those layers and lies and deceptions within your conscious state. It's going to cause your subconscious state and your heart to change. But we don't want to stay still in God. We want to run here and there. We want to hear all the prophets. We want to hear all the singing. We want to hear all the things that, uh, the plays and the skits that make us feel good about ourselves. But yet you don't want to go in and work out these things in your life. You don't want to come in to a place that you change. That you really get down to it and let God wash your brain. You let God wash your soul. You let God wash your feet. You let God wash your hands that you can sit at the table and eat pure food. That that food will nourish your body and your spiritual man. That you can come alive in Christ Jesus. But yet you will continue to eat contaminated food. And you cannot say that God has not exposed you to the best. Because you were wonderfully and beautifully made. In God's image. You change the image of God by the subconscious and the conscious state in which you dealt with yourself about. You allow the enemy to come in and to deceive you. God is not lost. You are. God does not need salvation. You do. And in our prideful state, we don't know how to humble ourselves and just go back and repent and turn from that state in our conscious and subconscious mind 
If you want to be set free and delivered, you can. If you want to come out, you really can. But you're going to have to work and fight and contend for it. Because it's your soul that's at stake. And you don't understand the power of God. And then we're just always in this state of mind. It is bad to be found but still lost. You can be found but still lost. I was once blind but now I see. You don't understand what God has really done for you. James, John 1 and 9. It says, and the light shined in darkness and darkness did not comprehend it. Your darkness would never comprehend the light of God. But in your conscious state, you think it is, but it's not. I'm going to go to John 9. Christ heals the blind man. And now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was, that he was born blind? Christ answered, neither his mind, this man, nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God shall be revealed in him. Sometimes we go through things in life that God can manifest himself. The man didn't sin, nor his parents. But God allowed it so when Christ stepped on the scene that they knew over 2,000 years ago was going to perform this miracle. Not only did he change this man, but those that were once blind. Because they knew that your present condition state. God just doesn't do one thing just for that. He has multiple reasons. Multiple domino effects about things. Some of you are doubting yourself. Well, this happened, this happened. But God is trying to get the glory out of your life. God wants to do it. That not only you, but others can see. But you still Or you're not. Some people need to see that miracle manifested in your life that they can catch on fire and catch faith behind it. So not only are you holding up yourself, but you're holding up somebody else being able to catch fire from the miracle that God wants to do in the earth. 
That's why iron sharpened iron, faith sharpens faith. The word sharpens what? The word of you and others at the same time. You need to stop looking at your situation or what you think is broken within yourself and let God deal with you about these things. That he can raise you up out of that state in your mind that guess what? That the power of God may manifest in you. When God does something supernatural in your life, you're never ever the same. Your faith, your walk, your position in him, all things change when I met Jesus on the highway of my afflicted state. But because you've been in Babylon, all you want to do is focus on you and your pain. Never what Christ can do. Would you rather be not here at all or being stuck with one affliction but still living another day? I know a lot of people that's afflicted as going through. But God still brought them forth through the womb. They have children. They have family. Their faith is stronger than any person that's whole with no problems. But after you mend that person and make that person that has that affliction, has that affirmative, your faith changes because you see what you're complaining about in your broken state of lack of faith, that they have faith. So why are you looking down on the afflicted? Sometimes the afflicted has more faith than the ones that don't. But God will lead them there to be an example to be an encouragement in their lives. I'm going to go on down. Verse 4. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day, that the night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Everything that we're talking about. When Jesus Christ met us in the book of Acts, we became that light, which is the Holy Spirit. We became that. But you don't see that Christ tore half of himself and put it in all of us. Which is the Holy Spirit, which will never die. I don't care what Satan has done. He cannot take you out because the hands of God is on your life. You need to see your walk. You need to see your salvation differently. And the things that you've gone through, the things that you have been allowed to go through with suffering, it is to make you to a better person in Christ Jesus that the light and you can shine. If I had not known a problem, how will I know that God can bring me out? Some of you are so busy trying to let the world make you, the world justify you and, and claim you. But the world can never do that. Only Jesus Christ is the one that brings the full fulfillment in your life. 
You can have the best of everything in the world, but if you don't have Jesus Christ, you're still afflicted. You're still lost. You're still confused. You're still sitting there and lost and found waiting for somebody else to give you what you feel that you lost or what you feel that somebody has taken from you. You need to understand something. Every woman, every man, whoever's done you wrong, raped you, abused you. You need to know, before they even came to you, they were broken. How can a broken person take something from you and think they're going to be well? No. It's the flesh. But they cannot break your spirit. Unless you want it to break you. But it plays in your conscious state. What are you really holding on to when you understand spiritual things? When you understand spiritual things, you know that the enemy came, but he couldn't kill me. He tried to affect me, abuse me, but he could not take the best part of me, which is the spirit of the living God. Whatever you thought they took fleshly was flesh. And it's going to perish. But the spirit brings forth life. You sit up in a counselor. It don't make you feel no better. When you understand flesh moves flesh, but spirit moves above and beyond what natural man cannot do. They did not take the best part of you. Jesus is the best part of you. But we get it wrong. We always want to cry about what happened to us. But when you understand that devil cannot pull Jesus Christ out of you unless you want it out. But even when you want it out, he says, I'm married to the backslider. He would never depart from you. You ever notice a son? They can don't go to church, they hate Jesus Christ, but he's the first to blame. Why? Because he's still there. The first person they curse. If I'm terribly afflicted, why would I curse something I don't believe in? He's still there. You did not get the best part of me. You got the flesh. And it's going to perish. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. It's not going to count in heaven. But what your spirit does, that's why you cannot let things fill your heart with wickedness and adultery. That's when it becomes a war. You got to watch what you're taking in. You got to watch what you allow 
to get to that state in your mind. Let's go on down. The Pharisees are, again, antagonizing Jesus Christ. And they're questioning the miracle that God is doing. Why are you letting people question the miracle that God is doing in your life? Because they are sizing it up. They're trying to tear it down because it's not meeting their needs or they could not manifest it. This is what you need to understand in your life. Stop letting people size you up for the miracle of the things that God has done in your life. I'm not going to read it. I'm just telling you the story. So you can look at it differently in your life. The miracle was that I survived to tell my story. The church people couldn't stop it. My mama couldn't stop it. The pastor couldn't stop it. My classmate, my best friend could not stop. My testimony about what God has done in my life but we let other things come in our way and tear us down. You need to see this. I want you to see this. I'm gonna read verses 24 and 23. And God is healing his eyes. He's telling them to go to the pool of Shalom and wash there and be healed. We don't have the pool of Shalom anymore. God is working from the inside out. He's ceasing you from your works. We need to sit still and let God manifest the miracle within us. But as long as we try to work out our own way or our own thoughts and perception of salvation. And I'm gonna read verses 24 and 25. So they again called the man who was blind and said to him, give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, that, through, that though I was blind, but now I see. I don't care. I know that he touched me. I know that I'm not blind and ignorant to the enemy's devices in my life. Where you used to 
knew me when I was in Babylon, but now I'm, I'm, I'm born again. I'm in God's kingdom. I'm in the truth. What you used to pull on me, you can't pull on me. I didn't have to work for this. And I am going to give God the glory. Because I was once blind, but now I see. I pray that something's been said and done. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.